0: Hello and welcome to Embodying Change, a series of conversations on care and compassion in aid and development. I'm Marianne Clements, and today I'm talking with Penelope Sanyu from FEMFORT and her friend Eshbankwa Siga about how space and how we use, decorate and planet can help promote wellbeing and care in organisational spaces, as well as how for Penelope, this is a way of helping organisations to really embody their values. In their work. Hi, and I'm here this afternoon with Penelope Sanyu from Femme Forte in Uganda, and she's also with her friend and colleague Eshban Kwesiga. I hope I said your name correctly, Eshban. Yes, you nailed it. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, And so we're going to have a conversation about their work together, but um, maybe Penelope, you want to start by just saying a bit about who you are and what you do just to orientate people listening.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Marianne. Um, Penelope Sanyu, as mentioned, and I lead the team at Farm Fort Uganda. We are a young women-led organization that is mobilizing and equipping young women to live full lives and to experience life in all its entirety. So we do things around feminist transformational leadership. We do things around creating safe spaces for women to have conversations and to thrive and grow in the spaces where they feel safe. And we also do uh, work around bodily integrity and human rights. And lastly, we do work around economic inclusion for women. So it's a broad spectrum of things that we do, but we are interested in making sure that a woman has a voice and is using that voice and is shaping
0: communities with her story and her voice. Great, thank you. Um, That's a a a really full description of some of the the, the, the approaches to what you do. And I know we're going to come back into quite a bit of those things in a minute, but let's just hear from Ishpan who you are and something about yourself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, my name is Ishvan Kuesiga. I'm I'm very interested in, you know, feminist scholarly thought and um, has attracted to the work that uh, FEMFO does, that FEMFO does, uh, that Penelope does, particularly because I think that their work is, represents, you know, that's a spectrum of creative solutions around the complex challenges that uh, not just women, but the society faces as a whole.
0: Great, thanks. And um, you're also based in Kampala, right?
2: <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um... The series of conversations is around how we create um, cultures that are caring and compassionate in organisations. And I know um, Femme Forte has quite a lot of experience both in their own internal work on those issues and also working with other organisations. So Penelope, would you like to share a little bit about how you think about organizational care and um, how you work with it.
1: All right, thank you. Um, Where to start? (laughs) I, I usually love to tell people that organizations like human beings have emotions, they have feelings, and those need to be taken care of. I I told you before today that I have been reading a book titled Building Organizations with Soul, and it's my deepest, deepest desire to see that different organizations and different spaces where people walk in have a bit of soul. They are alive, they breathe, they move, they have life, they are not static, and The reason I'm passionate about that is because when we talk about well-being and we talk about promoting um, healthcare and well-being for the people that work in these spaces, we cannot talk about that when we are dealing with dead spaces. So one of the things that I have committed to do is to put life in the spaces where people work and bringing life into spaces can be so broad it 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 can include adding a little color putting some plants around the spaces adding adding some life really making the space feel like when i walk into this space i feel a little different i'm not depressed anymore i'm not tired i am not angry at the white walls i am not feeling like i'm in a hospital i'm i'm in a space that i want to create i want to innovate i want to add value to the people in the space, but also to the space. So when it comes to organizations, most organizations are very, very passionate about work and deliverables. And we forget that to have those deliverables come out excellently, we need to invest in the spaces where people seek to have those deliverables happen. And investing in those spaces sometimes takes as little as, putting sanitary towels in the bathrooms, putting water, drinking water at accessible spaces where people can have a glass of water when they need to and they don't have to worry about walking distances to find it. Putting life in spaces includes putting a a, a bouquet of flowers at the reception so that when people walk in, they feel alive, they feel freshness, they see colour, they see... They come to life with the beauty of plants and greenery. It includes, you know, making sure that the plants are breathing, they're alive, you have some green going on around your office space, you're watering the plants, you're feeding them, you're talking to them, and and many other things, so... I, I I know that when people come to our spaces to work, they don't leave their emotions at the gate and pick them up after work. They come with their full selves. And so in doing that, we need to, the spaces where they spend most of their time need to add value to them by making them feel alive and healthy and happy. Right. And that's what farm is trying to promote we are trying to create different spaces where people feel safe they feel loved they feel cared for they feel so alive and happy that they don't want to leave
0: That <laughs> they don't want to leave <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it's, I, it's a wonderful vision you have of making the workplace like a pleasant place to be, I guess, and, and, a, and a place that feels caring and, yeah, positive. Um, I wonder what sort of started you on the journey towards thinking about these things and working with them yourself and with other organisations. Like, what, what made you think about the things that often, like you said, organisations are not thinking much about
1: I I think it comes with the kind of person that I am. So um, growing up, my parents changed our house quite a lot. And I share this story a lot that in my home, There was nothing that belonged to me or any of my siblings because every time we went to school, we were in boarding school. Every time we went to boarding school and came back home, you would find your bedroom is no longer where it was. It's in a different space. Now the living room has changed. It's now in the garage and the garage has been turned into something else. So there was always transitions happening. But what those transitions did for me, they built curiosity and they got me to fall in love with color and big, good spaces. So I started experimenting with my own space when I moved out of home after university to say that I needed to create a space that makes me happy. So what are the things that bring life to me as Penelope and how can I express those things in the space where I spend my time? So I would walk through the bathroom and say, okay, this is a space I spent time bathing and doing other stuff, so I need it to look a certain way, and I'm going to create that in that space. And in responding to my emotions about spaces, I started creating places that made me happy, places that made me think differently, but also places that made me want to do a lot more with whatever I had going on. So I tried it out at people's houses and it worked. Then I tried it out at different workspaces and it worked. And I am happy at the results because every space that I have had an opportunity to work on or spend time has transformed greatly and helps the people in the space begin to appreciate themselves a bit more and to fall in love with their environment which Mm. contributes to their well-being both mental emotional and physical
0: Mm -hmm. yes so i love this vision and i also wonder like how other organizations respond to it
1: Maybe Eshban can share how other people respond to the spaces, because he has been one of the people who has been pushing me to do this even more, and he has experienced our space, but also been in some of the other spaces that have been created by our work, and maybe he can share his experience with the spaces before I talk about the other organization.
2: I think that generally speaking is a very interesting uh, coping between the physical and the, you know, semi-emotional, semi-spiritual, the, the, the things that you feel when you get into a space. And I think that one of the things that uh, that Farnfurt has done really well is to be alive to those feelings. That when people walk into a space, where do they want to feel? Uh, um, what are they thinking? So specifically around that, around the farm for space and uh, how other people have responded to it. I think that generally speaking, especially in this type of work, many nonprofits are careful not to paint outside the lines because of the way that uh, that because of the way that they might be understood. Um, generally speaking, when I first went, when I first moved to the Frankfurt office, I loved it. I saw all the color, all the pink, all the red. Uh, butterflies on the wall. Um, what, what, what was ideally supposed to have been, say, a boardroom or a waiting or a sitting or, or a board or, or, a, or a waiting it felt like a sitting room. It had a very homely feel to it. Um, I mean, you would have to see the space. Uh, very, very unconventional. You know, paintings on the wall um, and a lot of color. And I immediately thought to myself. I wish I was bold enough to do this. I wish I was brave enough to do a space like this. <laughs> um, so to so answer your question specifically, what do most people feel when they see the space? My initial thoughts when I saw the space was that it was beautiful, but a part of me wasn't bold enough or brave enough to do it, you know, to, to, to cross into that, that, uh, that spectrum of creativity. I don't know if that answers it.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's like it it sounds like it you, you you it felt lovely to be in a nice a different a nice kind of space, but that there's there's that resistance in you, like this isn't what a workspace is supposed exactly. to look like or something, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah so Funfortuny broke all the rules on what a workspace is supposed to look like. And uh, as I'm having this conversation in their office right now actually. Uh, so they talk what an office is supposed to look like and um, it has been a bit of a learning curve for me and I imagine for other people as well but eventually you know you get comfortable with it uh, because it's the kind of space you might find candles which is not something that you find in many workspaces
0: no <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm wondering like from your experience Espan like how might that impact or, or how do you think it might impact you know the work that people do in that space right because it's one thing like how's the space that up and we have expectations of what workspaces might look like perhaps and then like how do you think changing that around and playing with that might influence the work that people do in those spaces
2: i think that the nature of white collar work is creativity and thinking
0: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah unlike blue collar work that might require you to move, you know, bricks or or item X from one place to another, a white collar work requires you to exercise creative thinking to address complex problems. And I think that this is the kind of space that inspires that creative thinking, that inspires whoever is in it to think outside the box in addressing uh, whatever it is that their work does. So I don't see space as, as a type of space that might distract, you know, individuals or make them relaxed. Uh, I don't think that's the type of space that will make you forget a deadline. It will only inspire you to, you know, think. <laughs> <and participate. laughs>
1: right. So <laughs> one of the one of the comments that so many people have have given coming into the space is this feels like home. I feel safe. I feel that I can do anything in this space, and that's. That's really huge because considering the target audience and the number of people that we work with, our our, our target audience is 15 to 35-year-olds. And our attention span is really shifting every now and again. So you need to create workspaces that keep that concentration and that creative juice running all the time. And, and you do that by making people feel comfortable. Like I said, you make people not want to leave because they feel like this space is better than my room that's disorganized back home. So I would rather stay here and work than go back to the clutter.
0: So, Fidel, do you want people to be working all night? Or... <laughs> no, not
1: at all. <laughs> that's not good for their well-being. No, but right. I, no. I want to I want for people to feel like work is not a burden. I don't have to feel bad about getting my bones out of bed in the morning. I actually look forward to going to a certain space to work because that's what work should be. It should be fun. It should be creative. It should be inspirational. And and every time we begin to feel like work is a burden, then there's something we need to check. And for me, that is what Farmfort is trying to do, to say that we can have meetings with our shoes off, we can sit on the floor and sit on cushions and have nice, girly conversations without feeling like so-and-so is more important because they are
0: sitting at the head of the table. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a deliberate breaking down of some of the things that we expect in a workspace and, and, and what we expect in terms of authority and who can say what in the... Workplace. yes definitely yeah yeah and uh when you've Penelope just from your perspective when you've talked to other organizations and tried to support them with this I know you've supported other feminist organizations to think a bit about mm-hmm. some of this stuff also what's their reaction been like how how is it how have they received your ideas So like Ashban said, it's exciting to
1: hear about all these things. I'm sure even the people listening in are thinking, oh my goodness, I wish I could have a space like that. But the first thought is, I love this idea. I want to be part of this idea. And then when you think about it deeply, you're thinking, okay, where's the budget going to come from? Where are we going to get the money and justify this to our donors that we are going to change the space up to make the work more, you know, valuable? And and so most organizations that we've spoken to are willing and excited about the whole idea of um, speaking about space as a contributor and catalyst to well-being. However, with the way that our funding environment is it's very difficult to justify certain expenses and with a financial constraint sometimes it's difficult to have certain things looking certain ways so you find that most organizations want to do this but you know there's a restriction there's there's a resistance both personal and with the environment around you, you're not going to just get money and start repainting an office without justification because you recently painted the office white walls at the beginning of the year. And now all of a sudden you want to put some color. It -hmm. doesn't really add up. It doesn't make business sense. So yeah, I guess, I guess that, that for most of them, it's mostly a financial constraint, but the few that we have managed to work with have bought into the idea and you can tell that spaces are shifting because now people are not afraid to you know put pallets in their compounds and put a few cushions and meet people in informal spaces like that people are not afraid to you know not to to hold meetings standing up and not sitting in the conventional boardroom setup People are not afraid to go out of the office and, you know, go to like a beach and hold meetings. And that for me is a win because then people are thinking differently and they're thinking about delivering differently and it contributes to the output of the work that they're thinking about.
0: Yeah. And thinking about that delivering differently. um, And and to me, like, that's where it could make business sense, right? Mm it could actually be making sense. We just maybe don't have the language for it. Like, how have you seen people deliver differently or, or, or work differently in, in response to, you know, these these things about space and, and, and how we use it?
1: So in, in as much as it makes business sense to justify why you're changing the space up to help meet your staff needs and then have your staff deliver better, I think that for a long time we have been so afraid of the person putting the food on the table, in this case, the donors. Yeah. We, have, we have been so afraid about even questioning why they want us to take certain priority areas, which we don't even believe in, but because they're giving us the money, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. And and so because we are unable to push back a little and say, look, this is not going to work for my people. I think this is what will work for my people because we can't even do that. It's very difficult to justify that I am creating a, a safe space or a clean environment for my team so that they can deliver well. But that said, I feel like my propensity to create and innovate is higher if I'm in a space where I feel like I have no constraints. So when I walk into my office, I feel like everything is gone. There are no barriers. There are no consequences. There are no, I can do whatever and be whatever I want to be. And that's what I wish for every girl, every man out there, that you have that little space, whether it's in your home office or in your workspace where you go and feel like I can achieve anything here. Because I've created this space to motivate me to do that,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it yeah. it
1: it it has a lot of impacts on how you think, how you write, how you speak, and how you do things.
2: Can yes, Asha. One of the first industries to figure this out could have been the medical industry, who now know that uh, that if a patient if a patient has a room that faces uh, trees that that patient is more likely to heal faster than one that has a view that faces a brick wall and i think that that philosophy is slowly being transferred into organizational development and other you know other industries uh, so many organizational development experts now understand that you know that the space, that, that, that area where, where, the, where the, the the space where they're flowing, so to speak has a certain effect on their ability to think creatively and to do their work uh, at their fullest potential. So I think that it's a growing idea and growing philosophy.
0: Yeah, you were saying that we, we it's it's about figuring out how it makes business sense and and, and demonstrating that it works, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then um, Penelope, I wanted to go back to something you said. You talked about sitting on the floor, and I know you and I talked about this a bit before, like. The, the taking away of the kind of boardroom table with a traditional setup of kind of the chair so-called chair at the mm-hmm. at the head of a some table and and that's all feeling like we're in some kind of hierarchical system and yes about uh about um using using the floor or sitting on mats as a as something that people are used to culturally and and therefore something that they were a way of making them feel comfortable do you want to say a bit more about that and the kind of the some of the maybe the politics behind the disrupting of space right
1: so i i, I like to my my twitter profile says i run towards fires uh, because <laughs> that's naturally the thing that i like to do to just disrupt everywhere i am and i feel like the way we have been introduced to the work life or workspace or the way we are introducing the generations that are below us to workspaces is locking them up in a certain box, that meetings are supposed to be held a certain way. And so when you do it differently, people are thinking, what? Are you crazy? What's that about? And and, and for me, the defiance in my life and in my system is always saying, no, so let's do it the way they don't expect it to be done. And and but but away from that, uh, in, in, in our African society, people sat on floors, people sat in the grass and had conversations, people sat around the fire on the ground and told stories. And when someone visits you in Uganda and you bring out a mat and put it in the living room for them to sit down, it's it's a gesture of trust. It's a gesture of hospitality i welcome you to my space feel at home and let's have conversations built on trust because i am offering you my most beautiful piece of mat or rug that you will sit here and trust me to listen and trust me to hear you when you speak to me and and so because we are bent on creating safe spaces for women in uganda We want, first of all, to communicate trust when they walk into our spaces. There's no way you're going to sit on a mat with your shoes on because, well, in Uganda, that's really an abomination. Usually people take their shoes off and sit on the mat and have a conversation. So my taking off shoes is a sign to say that, look, I am stripping myself bare because you can also strip yourself bare and we can have honest conversations about the things that we want to talk about. That's how I look at it. So it, it's it's all symbolism that that we are not just having a meeting. We are building trust. We are building a movement. We are building a sisterhood, and and for me that's very important.
0: Yeah, yeah. And as uh, uh, as a man, uh, Ishan, <laughs> if 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 that's how you define yourself, um, th- does that resonate for you in a similar way? Because I think sometimes. Um, it's, it's interesting to hear how these conversations resonate with people in different parts of movements and spaces.
2: I think that um, being attracted to novelty beauty, uh, or, or things that appeal to a, or things that appeal to a person emotionally uh, yeah, is not dependent on whether you're a man or not. But, so I'm going to respond as a man. So mm-hmm. I think that for me, uh what farmfort has done for spaces especially work spaces uh is something that we could all use, regardless of gender because uh i think that we all face the same amounts of pressure frustration um fatigue what they're doing with what they're doing with the workspaces will impact you positively you know regardless of gender
0: um I I just I wanted to ask um Penelope just how you connect up the the space and the conversation about how how we're relating to each other with maybe other aspects of well-being that are integral to your work I guess what the, where the thoughts coming from is like how does it link up with the work you're doing beyond the organization our values are are
1: summarized as safe the word safe and, and that's uh, sisterhood, feminist, um, transformational leadership, accountability and and equity. And, and for us to be able to achieve all that, we need to be in certain head spaces, emotional spaces, and physical spaces. So, so for me, the issue about creating organizations that live, that are alive, that are aware of what's going on in their staff and audiences' lives is, is a thing that I believe contributes to the mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, intellectual spaces of the people that we connect with. So one, our body integrity conversations, our feminist leadership conversations, our economic inclusion conversations, those cannot happen. You cannot start telling someone to be happy when they slept hungry. It's it's a bit disconnected so whereas we are trying to build the physical spaces as the first initiative towards contributing to well-being we are also very very concerned and careful to address the different other aspects that contribute to well-being and so we care so much about what people are consuming in their minds what they are saying to themselves when they wake up in the morning and look in the mirror to whatever they are thinking and their Speaking on the radios and how our physical well being is in positions that we hold to the spaces where we influence because I need to be healthy to add value to other people, and so I need to care about that space where my health is concerned and 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 again it 's like a web that 's tied together because you can 't win one and lose the rest you have it it 's got to be a win win situation where we care about the person holistically and not just in part because a person is a whole person they are not bringing half of themselves to your space they are bringing themselves as a whole human being and and therefore farmfort is very very curious to see how we contribute to the entirety of this person whether it's mental physical uh, intellectual or i don't know every aspect of a person's life is important to us, but we are trying to build small bridges to help them make small
0: steps and giant leaps
1: at the end of the day.
0: Great. And, um, and I guess all of that applies to staff as much as to the people you work with, um, right?
1: definitely the way we treat our stuff is the same way we will treat the people out there it's it's it can't be it can't be any different
0: right it can't be any different I think no. <laughs> um, I, I totally resonate with that and but I think there's lots of people in this kind of business of trying to make change in the world for want of a a, a better way of of uh, thinking about it, that, that don't think in that way right now, you know, <laughs> that think about <laughs> staffing as one thing and think about kind of people we're trying to help as another thing and don't even conceptualize that kind of care or compassion for... Um, it's very difficult
1: friends. to care for people outside your home if you're not giving care first to the people in your home and in this case, Farmford is my home. Comfort is our home as the people who spend time there. So if we cannot care for each other in our small unit as a home, how shall we care about Uganda as a country? I think it starts there, that, that we will start by caring for ourselves and then we will care for everybody else that we come into contact with and they will care for other people. And as the silos are made and the cycle continues, we are caring for the whole nation and the whole world.
0: Right yeah i love that so thank you before we close i just wanted to you mentioned building organizations with soul and i just wanted for people listening to mention Mm -hmm. um that we'll put a link for that but it's hope's guide hope and rudo's guide right
1: yes yes
0: yeah, so um Hope and Ruda Chiguru um wrote this guide, Building Organizations with Soul and we will share that in the show notes for this episode. Yes. so that Other people can benefit from it. It's wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So I wanna thank you both for being with me today and um for all your insights into this. I I think I have a nice office space, but now I'm thinking maybe I should even do more <laughs> <to> it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we need to see some pictures at some point as well.
2: <laughs> we, could, we could get some butterflies on the wall.
0: Butterflies, okay, okay. I want to see those butterflies. Sometime I'm going to have to come down there and have a look at them. <laughs>
1: yes, now you have a reason to visit Uganda and yeah. visit Pampot as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to someday soon. Thank you so much for your kindness afternoon and for sharing Thank with me about your work. Thank you for listening to Embodying Change, a series of conversations on care and compassion in aid and development. This podcast is supported by CHS Alliance, the Global Fund for Community Foundations, Changemaking Women and Healing Solidarity. The show was produced and edited by Ziada Abade and the music for it was written and recorded by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com.